Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash. Instead, try Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Check out Dr. Mom Butt Balm, available on Amazon or Walmart.com. This Dr. Nicole Says episode is about the recent CDC study examining mistreatment and discrimination in birth. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or you're a returning listener, I'm so glad you're spending some of your time with me today. In today's episode, I'm going to break down the recent CDC study that examined mistreatment and discrimination in birth. It's called Vital Signs Maternity Care Experiences United States, April 2023. And we are just going to hop right into it. So the reason that they did this study is because maternal deaths increased in the United States between 2018 and 2021 with, of course, documented racial disparities. 
And we know that respectful maternity care, that is preventing mistreatment, communicating effectively, providing care equitably, can be integrated into strategies that aim to improve quality of care and reduce pregnancy-related deaths, as taken straight from the study. So we know that 80% of maternal deaths are preventable. And again, respectful maternity care is an important part of reducing that. And you're going to find some unfortunate uh, information or data about maternity care in this study, but also some puzzling little quirks. I'm going to talk about those too. So the CDC analyzed data from, it's called the PN View Moms Survey. And I believe PN stands for Porter Novelli. That's the company that administered this survey. And they wanted to examine three components of respectful care. So the first component was experiences of mistreatment, and that's violations of physical privacy, ignoring requests for help or verbal abuse. The second component was discrimination, and that was discrimination because of race, ethnicity, age, or weight. And then number three was evaluating reasons for holding back from communicating questions or concerns during maternity care. Now, the option to complete this survey was shared online with 7,607 panel members and about 2,400, 2,407 or 32% of mothers responded. It wasn't clear where exactly they found these panel members. Um, that was a little bit tricky to dig out, but it was offered to 7,600, 2,400 responded, 32%. The survey was administered in English and it was administered between April 24th and April 30th, 2023. Now respondents were asked to comment on their maternity care experiences during pregnancy or delivery of their youngest child only. Okay. So their youngest child only, and this is important. Nearly two-thirds, 65.5%, reported that their youngest child was greater than five years old, okay? And that's one of the things that I'll talk about a little bit later. One of the um, limitations of the study, potentially, is that everybody was reporting on experiences from over five years ago. Now, in terms of who responded, about 70% were white, 11% were black, 10% Hispanic, 5% Asian, more than half of the respondents, about 56% had private insurance and 32% had Medicaid and then the rest were uninsured. So let's get into the results of this study. So we're going to break it down by the results on mistreatment, the results on discrimination, and then the results on questions. Okay. So let's start with mistreatment. So about one in five, 20% of respondents reported experiencing at least one type of mistreatment. Now, the most commonly reported mistreatment was being ignored by healthcare providers, having requests for help refused or not responded to. That was 9.7%. The second highest was being shouted at or scolded by healthcare providers. That was 6.7%. The third was having their physical privacy violated at 5.1%. And then fourth was being threatened with withholding of treatment or being forced to accept treatment that they did not want. That's 4.6%. Now, uh, black, Hispanic, and multiracial respondents reported higher prevalences of mistreatment. I don't think that's going to be a surprise to anyone. And then those with no insurance uh, or 
public insurance, Medicaid reported higher rates. So 28% of respondents said that they were mistreated. 28% of respondents with no insurance, excuse me, said they were mistreated. And then 26% of those with Medicaid said they were mistreated compared to 20% overall. Now, interestingly, 75% of those who reported any mistreatment also said that they were satisfied with the care they received during pregnancy, okay? So despite reporting mistreatment, 75% of those still said they were satisfied with their care. And I'm gonna talk about why I think that is towards the end. So when we look at discrimination, that's the second category. 28.9% reported experiencing at least one form of discrimination during maternity care. The highest prevalence was reported by black folks, black women, about 40% reported experiencing at least one form of discrimination. And that was followed by multiracial people. 39% of them said they experienced discrimination and Hispanics reported 36% of Hispanic women reported experiencing discrimination. That's compared with 26% of white women reporting experiencing discrimination. Okay. Now, the most commonly reported reason for discrimination, interestingly, was age. And that was 10%, followed by weight at 9.7% and income 6.5%. And they looked at a lot of different factors like race, disability, immigration status, age, weight, income, sexual orientation, religion, uh, language, accent, health insurance, um, a difference in opinion with my caregivers about the right care for myself or my baby, um, using any substances, involvement with the justice system. So they tried to look at a lot of different reasons why people might be discriminated against. And again, the top reasons were age, weight, and income. Now that did vary a bit by race and ethnicity. Among black women, the most common reasons were weight, race, and then age. Okay, so weight, race, and then age. Among Hispanic respondents, the most common reasons were age, weight, and then income. And then similarly, among white respondents, the most common reasons were age, weight, and income, okay? Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual, their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add a Central for Women prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. All right. 
Now, when we look at holding back questions, and this is the one that was like, oh my God, hit me in my chest, about one half or 44.7% of all the respondents reported holding back from asking questions or discussing concerns with their provider during maternity care. 44.7%, that is almost half. And the most common reasons were thinking that they that what they were feeling was normal. 28.8% didn't ask because they thought what they were feeling was normal. 21.5% didn't ask because they felt embarrassed or didn't want to make a big deal about something. 21% didn't ask because they had someone close to them say it was normal. And then 20.7% um, didn't ask because they were worried that their maternity care provider might think that they were being difficult. Okay. And I'm gonna talk about that in just a minute. Now, a few of the limitations of the study. One is that it was opt-in. So it may be that people who were more interested in reporting their experiences were more likely to opt into the study, okay? And it didn't use some sampling techniques and fancy statistical things. So it's believed that the data is likely not representative of the U.S. birthing population, all right? So not an adequate representation of the U.S. birthing population. Second, only about less than 50% of people who were offered the study responded. There is some response bias, again, meaning that people are going to respond if it's a topic that's important to them. If people didn't feel that they were mistreated, maybe they didn't feel like they needed to respond to the study, okay? Also, the experiences were self-reported, so we do have to take that into account that these are not things that were witnessed. These are people's self-reports, although I will... Uh, die on the hill that what people report as their experience is very important, even if we can't necessarily have a camera there to see it. Of course, that's very important. Um, another limitation is that maternity care was only evaluated for the youngest child, and it may have been different for the other births or if there were other pregnancy outcomes. Okay, so it was only evaluated for the youngest child, only for one child. And then the Last one that I mentioned is that it was most of the people had children that were older than five, older than five, okay? So the responses are subject to recall bias. Maybe they have forgotten things. Maybe it may not represent more a more recent reflection of what maternity care is like in the United States. Oh, and then one more limitation, it was only administered in English, so it doesn't include experiences of people who are not fluent in English. All right, now here are my thoughts on this study and the results, okay? As I said, even though 20% reported some mistreatment and 28.9% reported experiencing some form of discrimination, that's the overall numbers, Interestingly, when you look overall, and this is across all racial and ethnic groups, 90% of respondents still reported that they were satisfied with the care that they received during their pregnancy. So on the one hand, we have 90% of people saying that they were satisfied with their care, but also 28% almost 30% saying that they had discrimination, another 20% saying that they were mistreated. So why are we having that both, you know, those things both in the same bucket, all right? And here's why I think that is, two reasons. Number one, I believe some people 
may just be accustomed to or expect to have some form of poor treatment as a normal part of maternity care. I think that to some degree we have normalized the expectation that there are going to be challenges with maternity care in the United States. That makes me sad, but I think that may be part of the reality. And then number two is that the experiences of discrimination and mistreatment may have been isolated encounters, okay? So it's like one nurse in the office or one doctor that you saw for an appointment in a big group practice or when you went to the hospital to get evaluated for something and and one particular person didn't treat you well, all right, or you felt you were discriminated against. So it's not that the entire system overall was discriminatory or a problem. It was isolated incidents and then overall people felt like their care was good. I think that that may be what's happening. And I think that that's a reflection, an accurate reflection of what maternal care in the U.S. is like. There's actually still a high likelihood that you will be satisfied with your care overall, okay, that you'll be satisfied with the care you received, but there's still a good chance that you will experience negative aspects and that negative aspects are how, how, prominent those negative aspects will vary. It will vary from being disrespected by one nurse in an office visit all the way to like a complete, you know, S show at during the whole pregnancy or birth experience. Okay. So how much negativity you experience will vary because there are still some bad apples within our U S maternal care system. That's why I do the work that I do now the way to weed out those bad apples leads me to my second comment, which is about the, the asking questions. The fact that 44% of all respondents reported holding back from asking questions or discussing concerns is a problem. And the most common reasons, or one of the most common reasons being that 20% felt embarrassed, not wanting to make a big deal, or worried that their maternity care provider may think that they were being difficult. I want you to throw that mind trash out right now. Right now. Do not feel embarrassed about asking questions. You are not making a big deal if you are asking questions. And you're, if your maternity care provider thinks that you're being difficult if you ask questions, and you need to find a different doctor or midwife. Toss that mind trash out about asking questions because asking questions is exactly how you are going to know whether or not you have a care team that is on your side. Now, you want to be asking your questions from an informed place so you can go in and get the most of the questions, get the most of the time that you have. So continue to educate yourself through this podcast, through other podcasts, read books, educate yourself, you know, follow reliable accounts on social media. Um, I also post information on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins, but there are of course other accounts. And then for the love of God, take a childbirth education class or for the love of whatever it is you believe in, take a childbirth education class, please, please, please. So that you can ask questions from an informed place. There are options out there. Of course, I have the birth preparation course, but there are a lot of options out there. Find something that works for you, but do ask those questions educate yourself so that you're asking from an informed place. Okay, 
So there you have it for this short Dr. Nicole Says episode. Share this with a friend. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to me right now. Leave me an honest review in Apple Podcast or shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Dr. Nicole Rankins. I love to hear what you think about the show. I uh, love to hear any new show ideas. All right, so that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Oh, 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 o